welcome to the Life in Lawn Care podcast. We're your host, Jesse James. Interviews, industry leaders all the way down to new business startups, also sharing stories of his own to help you with information, inspiration, all to motivate you with your life in lawn care. Now, let's get into the show. Here's Jesse James. Oh, I got my son right here growing all over. Kayla, will you please grab him real quick? Um, boy, that was. Uh, I want to say thank you to, thank you to Mike Gunn for uh, always being, uh, always being helpful and uh, recording that for us. And hey, today on the show we got a countryside, countryside. Is it not vlogs? It was lawns is your business and countryside vlogs is your is your channel. Then right. That's right. Countryside Lawns the business, and Countryside Vlogs is on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, you've been in, you've been in it for a minute. Like I was telling you back, like I went back. Like I was just telling you, like I've only been business about two years somewhere, and I immediately started on the YouTube just to kind of just to kind of have fun with it. But it looks from the looks of it, because I went back about eight years ago. You've had a YouTube channel for a long time, and you had already had. Uh, you had uh, John Deere with the nice bagger, the rider system, and uh, Toro Pro Line, uh, all kinds of scag walk behind. I love them scag walk behinds. I got one I'm rebuilding right now, and oh, we'll get into that later. So, like, how long we, how long you been in business, and, and what's your whole, what's your whole deal? Well, I've been. This is my seventh year in business. So, my seventh season, I've been. As far as doing lawn care and doing landscaping over 20 years, I've worked for a number of different companies, but, uh, and even have, you know, I've gone everything from regular lawn maintenance, lawn service to, I worked for a company where all we did was install Unilock. Uh, we did when it was like in its infancy, um, nobody really even knew what it was, but we did driveways, patios, we built walls where we installed grills. Uh, fire pits, waterfalls, just lots of hard landscaping. So you, and, did that, uh, you did that for how many years you say you did that for? Oh, for a couple of other companies over 20 years. So, oh, wow. you so know, a lot of it. Some of stuff. What's that? Always the outdoor green industry-esque yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I did a lot of other stuff in between, like a lot of people know my history with the armored trucks and the firearms instructor, but you know, before that, and even while I was doing that, I'd work part-time on the side for these other companies. Uh, when I did the Unilock and stuff, that was full-time for about nine years. Um, but, uh, I just about seven years ago is when I went off on my own and started my own thing. And, uh, it's, I, I do a little bit of landscaping, but, uh, once I downsized my company, and uh and fired all the guys that worked for me and went back to being solo i got rid of all the landscaping and i just got back into doing some landscaping this year so when you when you, when you was working for someone else and doing your own thing at about eight seven eight years ago and you said hey i want to break off on run my own business at what point did you decide i know my level i know what i'm worth i know my skill level um but have the courage to actually make that jump because it's easy to do it on the side, but to go full time in it, it's, it's not an easy move to make at all. No, not by any means. And I actually, uh, I, I've listened to a lot of other people's stories and I've talked to a lot of other people and I actually had it kind of lucky in some aspect is that when I was working for an armored truck company, I dropped down to part time 
when I started my business. And so I still had that. And so I did that for about the first two and a half years of my business. And then what I did was I just, I left that job. I, um, I was there for 11 years and I left that job and decided to go full bore with my business. But the biggest thing were the benefits. And that was why I hung on to that job. Um, but then I, I had the opportunity to where I could put myself and the kids on my wife's medical, uh, things like that. And so that made the biggest difference. That was why I kept that because, um, I mean, a lot of guys know, I mean, I, we discussed this on an interview I did with Ben, but I was married before. And, uh, and so I have two kids from that marriage. So I had to make sure that I had them covered for medical and the other things that I just couldn't provide right off the bat with a new lawn care company. So when I got remarried, my wife had all that and I was able to put myself in them on that. So that's when I made the jump and said, okay, enough's enough. But I had wanted to do it before that because right when I got into lawn care, um, my business blew up relatively quick. I don't live in a big uh, metropolitan city, nothing like that. It's all small towns, but they're real close connected and uh, word of mouth travels fast. It's the old rule. You do something great and 10 people will talk about it. You do something bad and a hundred people in this town will talk about it. So um, the biggest thing for me was all I had to do is do what everybody in my area wasn't doing, which was show up and do what I said I'm going to do. And that just seems to be a big problem. There's a lot of great lawn care companies in my area, but there's even more bad ones. So um, that's all I had to do. And it just, it went big. And then I, I got the lawn care service of the year award from my local um, business association and they advertised it for me and it blew up from there. So I'd say within my first year and a half, um, just under two years, it was just before the end of my second season mowing. Uh, I plow in the wintertime, but just before the end of my second season in mowing, I was at 124 weekly lawn care accounts. Ah, so did you, uh, obviously living in a, like, I live in a pretty small area too. That's why I, kind of, I like a lot of your videos. Cause I, I, I look at you and I was like, I can, I, I look at your platform, what you're doing. And I see a lot of myself <laughs> in it cause I do my own maintenance. And just today, my 20 horsepower Kohler command, uh, has a lot of blowback. Like just a whole, I'm gonna have to redo all the all the seals, all the valves, all the rings, everything. I'm getting a rebuild kit for it now. And a buddy of mine, which is similar to a buddy of yours, that's also a mechanic. Uh, it's just the the progression that you do it, it. I look at it. I'm like, okay, I can follow this guy. I know he plowed with a half ton. I plowed with a half ton. Is you relate to the common common guy, which is which is awesome because you've been in business for so long. That's a that's a great thing. Uh, when you were talking about, you said. Uh, you're driving around in the mom or trucks. I'm thinking, I seen one, I seen one the other day on the interstate and I was like, I'm just going to follow this dude around. The chances is like a 2% chance that he, if he wrecks, if he wrecks and that money goes everywhere. Hey, I bet you had some crazy stories about people trying to either a mess with you or just, just all around joking around with you as you were to be the money man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happened a lot. There's, I, I've had a couple incidents over the years. Um, it, it, there, it wasn't always good time. So, I mean, there, there were a couple of times where we had gotten messed with and it had gotten pretty serious, but um, the, as far as the joking goes all the time, Halloween was the absolute worst holiday to work because everybody's always in mass and they come walking by you and you know, they, they'll say stuff to you and holidays are absolutely horrible. Like, 
um, my driver would drop me off at one end of a Mollick. Um, on my route, I used to run from Buffalo to Jamestown, New York, to Erie, Pennsylvania, and back every day. And so I would do this big mall in Erie, PA called the Mill Creek Mall. And I had 38 stores inside that mall I would have to deliver and pick money up to. So he dropped me off at one end, picked me up at the other end, and I'd be on constant radio communication with him and my dispatch in and out of every stop. So in the holidays, people walk right by you. Now they'll see I'm in full uniform, bulletproof vest. I got my gun on my side, my extra mags right in the front, my cuffs, my taser. You see everything right there. People walk right by you and bump in you and they look at you just to get out of my way. And that's just how they would talk to you. They didn't care. Nothing. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, be rough. That's not, now that's a cop pretty much. Right? Well, we just, we're, it was more of a federal level than anything. So, um, like all the money we had were federally, it was federally insured. Everything we did was on a federal level. So, I mean, it was, but it was more like armored truck companies or private organizations. So. Right. And you were saying that you went down part-time, which is like you, you had, like you said, you had a blessing. You was able to go part-time move into having your wife being on the, on her medical and the benefits. Cause I think benefits hold a lot of people up. And that's why I push a lot of younger people just getting into it. It's like, you don't like when you watch a lot of these different channels because everybody watches YouTube for everything. Cable's dead, but like, oh yeah, it, the message just seems like just immediately jump into it is is what it's almost being pushed. But I just released a video the other day saying like maybe like maybe like find a part time job just to kind of because it's hard. Like I got I've had a rough. I thought it was gonna be I was gonna take over the world, right? And my area mm -hmm. that I live in, the household median income is like about forty, forty-two thousand a year. So, like lawn and landscape is a luxury. People say it's man, whatever, whatever. But around here, it's luxury. Like if, right. if someone's coming to cut in your grass, you got extra money. I didn't add any of that up. I just started making money, and I immediately made that jump. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. but my point is, you got to be a little bit crazy with your background already being kind of. Well, even to be a guy carrying around money, you're kind of already nuts anyway. So <laughs> to, to make that jump and be in your own business, that that's, that's pretty, uh, it's a, it's a crazy move to make with kids. Like people give me a hard time because I had a young child when I, when I quit my job, I'll make it 20 bucks an hour, which ain't very much, but like, that's a really good around here. I was doing, I was doing big things, you know, and I'm right. people help the people try to, so what I, my, my long winded question is like, when you got people in your family or maybe like in-laws who, how do you deflect people saying like, get a real job and they don't see the vision that you have as you're building an empire, but it takes time. How do you deflect against that? What, what would you be some advice on that? Well, I, I guess the best thing I could do is just give advice on this because I really didn't experience that too much. I've always had a pretty strong network of people near me because um, in, in people comment on my videos all the time to this effect and they say it that they're just like, man, you can tell in the people that have watched my videos and I've hung out with like a GIE, I've hung out with so many people that have gone out to dinner with so many people. There are other YouTubers and, uh, you know, guys from companies like, like Skag and Walker and Ferris, like all these manufacturers. And, and they all say the same thing. They're like, what you see in your video is you in person. There's no difference. And they're like, that's why people watch you because you call a cow a cow. It is what it is. And I just, I never, I guess the best way I can put this off without saying it is I never, like I never intentionally mean to hurt anybody or to insult anybody, but I'm going to call out crap when I see it. And 
I just, I'm the type of person that once something is set in my head, I'm going to do it. And if you tell me I can't do it, it's going to make me strive for it that much more just to prove somebody wrong. So I guess my whole social network, my family, my friends, everybody knows that that's how they know if they try to discourage me or tell me that I can't do it, they know I'm just going to cut them right out of my life. Like whether it's friends, family, no matter what it is, I can shut the lights out on somebody like it's like it's a split second decision. And that's how I've always been. I'm always the one to try to encourage people and to boost people up. But if you try to alter me from what I'm doing, or if you try to get in my way, I'm a firm believer. There's only two reasons you will do anything in your life. And that's either somebody is forcing you or somebody is trying to help you. That's the only two ways you're going to do it. So, you know, if you come up to me, you're either going to, if you want something from me, like say you're trying to rob me, you're, you're either going to tr- gently try to convince me or con me to give it to you, or you're going to try to force it from me. So, you know, my friends and my family all know that, you know, don't stand in my way, either be quiet about it or say something positive and encourage me. Right. So that's just the type of people I've surrounded myself with. I've had a, a lot of negative people that have come my way in my life, just like anybody else has, but I quickly push them to the side and I quickly shut them right out. So I really don't, but I see that a lot. And I've talked to a lot of guys that said, man, you know, I tried so hard and everybody kept telling me, no, I can't do it. Or no, you know, you're just wasting time. How are you going to feed your kids and this and that? And they said they felt very discouraged, but they just stuck to it. And in the end, they're glad that they did. Yeah. Whenever I got started, because I was, I was in a leadership position making like, you know, it was like 19 bucks. It was like almost, almost 20 bucks an hour, man. And, I started mowing, mowing some lawns with a buddy of mine, Connor, who we're back in business together now. And I, once I made a hundred bucks in a day in like two hours, I'm like, Hmm, I, I seen something that other people didn't see. And I was like, if you right. multiply this by whatever you can mm-hmm. easily, easily yeah, yeah, but other people. So for people, for anybody out there that, that does feel like people saying, uh, it's a, it's a kid's job or get a real job, man. Just understand what you're building. And just like what Randy's saying is just distance yourself from that kind of negative mindset. That's something that they don't understand that you're building your own empire. And what I want to go into as well, uh, you said in your first year, you had about 127 lawns. That's a lot. That's a whole. At the, right, at, right at the end, just before the end of my second year. So now that you're a little more experienced in business, what do you think of volume versus more high ticket, like boutique service? Like, you see, you understand my question? Right. Yep. I understand what you're saying. And I'll tell you right off the bat that I screwed up and Brian Shane, you know, Brian from top notch, him and I have talked about this many times and I made the decision before he did. And just before he made that decision, he would call me and we talked a number of different times. And what it came down to was, I grew too big too fast. I didn't have what I would say principles and procedures, um, SOPs. You know, you worked in a factory. I remember you saying that before. Um, I didn't have any standard operating procedures in place. All I knew was people were wanting to throw their money at me and I wanted to take it. And that's all I knew. So I would hire anybody and anybody I could find. I went through guys like you wouldn't believe. I hired and fired my own brother. Um, it just things, it was, it was crazy. It was to the point where 
Um, I was chasing that dollar, but I would never admit to myself I was chasing that dollar. So, I mean, money was just coming in. I couldn't even keep up with it fast enough. I was sometimes I was a, a week, two weeks on late doing my billing. Like when you when you messaged me earlier and said you're just getting done with work, and I said, yeah, I'm just getting done my with my invoicing. And I, I still do that a little bit late now. I mean, I'm only a couple of days behind right now, but I would get a week, right. two weeks. I'd have customers calling me or texting me saying, you know, you never sent me an invoice. <laughs> I just, I, that's how bad it was. And it got to the point where, like I told you, I blew up with all them customers because of the customer reviews that I was getting at the local business association. That's how I got that award because the only way you can get it is you have to have a number of people calling into them saying good things about you, excuse me. And that's how you get it. So I'd have them calling up and saying, cause I ran two trucks five days a week. I started running. And when it got to that point, each truck was responsible for over 60 lawns a week themselves. Yeah. So what it was, and then it, it went up from there. The one truck was doing over 80 lawns a week by themselves. So what it was is that customers would call me up and say, your guys mowed the front, the right, and the back, but they didn't mow the left-hand side. Mm. And I'd call them and say, why didn't you mow the left? Oh, it didn't look like it needed them. Like you couldn't have drove across it a couple times. They'd call me up and say, they mowed. It looks excellent. Everything looks great, but they didn't weed whack anything. And it just, it got to the point where my wife was like, you are more stressed now than you've ever been. I was a glorified babysitter is what I become. And so I, the only procedures that I had in place were I absolutely refused to leave grass laying on somebody's lawn. I don't care if you have to double cut it or bag it, get it off the lawn. If you're paying for a service, it should look like you're paying for a service. I'm a firm believer. Uh So that was about my basic procedure. My other one was, I don't care who smokes. I don't care if you smoke in my trucks, whatever. Don't smoke on a customer's property. Really anal about that. looks unprofessional. I don't like it. So I tell them not to do that. And the only other thing was, don't be swearing cussing, you know, being loud, obnoxious on a customer's property. So that's pretty much the only procedures I had in place. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any way of like, okay, there's two guys in the truck. You're both accountable for each other. Check what the other one's doing. You get done. You know, if one's mowing, the other one's trimming the guy that's mowing as you're making your final pass and coming back around to the front of the house or whatever, just glance over at the house, make sure you didn't miss nothing. We'd whack them. Like there I didn't have anything in place and I was just pushing guys out the door and the one truck, you know, brand new, uh, brand new mower, 26 days old. And they popped the motor on it because apparently $15 an hour was enough to pull a dipstick and check the oil. It had an oil leak from the factory. So it wasn't, uh, it was warranted and it wasn't a big deal and I got it fixed, but you know, that it was just basic stuff like that. And it was just ridiculous. And finally, uh, two of the, I was down at, three full-time guys and two part-time guys. The two part-time guys weren't coming back. Um, one of the full-time guys I fired. The other one uh, was going away to college in Florida, which he's now a pilot. He flies for a couple millionaires. He, he flies a private jet. He goes all over the world with his fiance. He's, he's living the life. And the other guy, he was trying to get this job in a factory that he really wanted and actually hired him as a supervisor. And he transferred from here to Texas. So it all just kind of worked out and everybody's kind of went their own way. And I said, I'm done. I gave away a ton of lawns and I kept about 60 lawns that I could maintain. Of a, how long of a time frame was it from where you, well, the first year blew up, but at when you, when people started leaving and doing their own thing, was that about a two, three years or something? Four years in. I was four years in. 
So, so it was crazy four years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was running every which way. I was tearing my hair out. But, I, you know, I was at a point in my life where, you know, I just it, it didn't nothing merit. I could, you know, if I went and saw on Craigslist, because I mean, everybody knows my my history. I have a bad addiction with mowers. So everybody knows that, you know, how I flop mowers back and forth. I'd look on Craigslist and be like, that's a nice mower. Oh, a guy only wants six grand. I call him up. I'll bring you six grand cash right now. If everything checks out and I like when I get there, I'll bring you six grand cash. And I never thought about it. It was not even a second guess. I just go pull the money out and just go buy it. And it was no big deal. And I had never been able to do that before. Like I lived most of my life. I wouldn't say necessarily living paycheck to paycheck. And I did because, you know, I, I definitely had some insanely poor times in my life. So, um, you know, I've definitely been at the bottom of the barrel more than once. And, you know, I've never been able to just do that. It's always been like, I got 60 bucks till payday. How much do I put in my gas tank? You know what I mean? We've all been there. And so to just go and pull like that, when I had problems with the Toro and thought I blew the motor up on the Toro grandstand in the beginning of the season, I was like, well, what do I do? I don't have time for this machine to be down. I called the dealer and said, this is the Skag V-Ride 2 I want. This is the engine I want on it. This is the deck size. When can you get it? He goes, you want to know how much it is? I said, nope. When can you get it? He said, there's one in New Jersey. I can have it in three days. I said, order it. I went in the next morning and I paid him 8,500 bucks cash. I paid for it. I'm like, here you go. Done. I'm like, call me as soon as it gets here. Like I literally need it the second it gets here. And it was there by like noon on Friday, two days later or whatever it was, he ended up getting it in. I went there, got it. And I was mowing with it Friday afternoon, but there's no way I'd ever been able to do that before. Now, when I fired all employees or they all kind of went their own way for the most part. And I gave away all those lawns. People were like, you know, it's back to flip side of that coin where people, you said people say, you know, don't be just, or you can't do this, go get a real job. Well, when I was getting rid of all those lawns, everyone's like, are you crazy? You're going to go out of business. What? You're not going to be able to afford to live the lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to and this and that. But the fact of the matter is, is I bill out less, but I always have more in the bank. Right. I'm not paying for repairs on mowers that these guys have done to it and didn't tell me about until it finally broke three other things on the mower. You know, I'm not paying for damage to customers' property. It's just how hard it's was it? Uh, how hard was it training new guys how to run walk behinds? Because I remember the first time oh. I was on a walk behind, uh, I was on. I did good my very first lawn. Next lawn had a fence and a little hill, and like my little sulky one week, single wheel sulky just like hit like a bump or something. And I got kind of scared. Like safeties were not safeties on the top were disconnected and like my mm -hmm. slipped and it boom, right through a fence. And like, luckily I knew that I knew everybody real good. And I just, I just fixed the fence. No big deal. But like, right. It scared me to death. And I'm always thinking like, if I haven't like no one, the guys that I do pick up the guys I, uh, I pick up for the pay cash guys and just help weed eat and stuff. They're not touching them over. I got one guy right now. It's always like, Hey man, when are you going to, I'm like, I, I pay you to weed eat, man. I'm being straight up with you. I pay you to weed eat. That's it. And like, just right. I know how it was and I was, but I didn't grow up in it. So I bet you've had some stories of training guys on them walk behinds. Oh yeah. And for, you know, for a while, and you can see in my earlier videos, that's all I had was walk behinds. I had the skag. Um, I had a couple different Ferris walk behinds. I had the button, that green one. And, uh, 
man, when I got that button, I thought I was king of the hill. I thought I was the best, the best out there. I mean, it was a used mower and the thing was like 10 years old, but it literally had 120 hours on it. Like they never used it. And it was like covered in dust. And I washed off things like brand new. We had the manuals, everything. And I got it so cheap, but uh, it was a company that blew up and they went and bought like 15 right standards in one shot because they blew up all his commercial property. So um, he, in like his first year in business, he just dumb luck, right place, right time. And he fell on all these accounts. So, um, so he had two of those buttons and, uh, I, I bought one off him, but, uh, so it worked out great. But anyways, the walk behinds, I, the first time I rode one, I worked, it was when I, back when I worked for one of those other companies and he had a sit down Ferris zero turn and that's all I ever rode. And it broke down and he goes, you're going to have to use the walk behind man i hopped on that thing and i thought i can handle this i can rock this thing and i did good until i went to turn i thought i broke both my ankles it was a single wheel man i thought i'd bust them right up but um i watched it um the guys that i trained on them i was kind of lucky most of the guys that worked for me had some kind of long care experience but it, the funny thing is is they all knew how to run zero turns so one guy that worked for me actually he worked for a company and all they ran were walkers and walkers are a very, very rare thing around. I'm probably the only company I within know. 20 hours yeah. of my house that run walkers. So, but he worked for a company that was like a half hour, 45 minutes away. And that's all they ran was walkers. So he actually had experience on those. But uh, I couldn't believe all the different guys. And I'd probably gone through 20 different employees in that four years. I can't believe, oh, there was like maybe two of them that have ever run a walk behind before. Nobody had run a walk behind. They knew how to run zero turns. They knew how to run standards. Nobody knew how to run walk behind. So putting them on, it was pretty comical. And when they would get away from them, they would just try holding on. And I always thought that somebody was end up getting dragged, you know, and it never happened. But uh, just watching it go crazy and look on their faces. I just, back then, I wish I was more into is recording as much as I am now. And uh, that probably would have been a viral video for me if I'd gotten some of their faces and made like a montage of all of them. It was priceless. It's dangerous. Them walk behinds are no joke. Like whenever, like when I first started, but like I, everybody on here knows my background and stuff, but I didn't grow up in that kind of environment to where I had a positive male role figure and and equipment Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, So when I was my buddy, Connor, well, he was teaching me how to drive zero turn. And I thought that was kind of hard at first. I'm all over shaking. All oh, over. yeah. When I got on this walk behind it was like I told you, I went through a fence, but like my arms and my forearms, it, everything just hurt so bad. And the thing is, I saved up throughout the winter so I can get this skag walk behind. It's a, a beautiful 48 inch with the advantage, a beautiful mower. And I saved up and I, and I had it. It was all extra money. Boom. I, had, I was so happy to have it. And I sat there and I was like, once I learned how to ride it, I was like, that I was so terrified. And I'd watch these videos of them getting away from people and they're going in circles. And I just, and when you said you thought your ankles broke, I know exactly what, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't see too many walk behinds ever around anymore. There's one guy or two guys in my area that run them and uh, you don't see them much anymore either. And I'll tell you what the, the biggest downfall of walk behinds. And I think the biggest reason why nobody runs them is because um, people always ran them for two reasons. And one, they could handle hills. You could, you could do steep embankments with them. And two, they were cheap. 
So, and you know, even though they're, they're pricey, you know, you get, you get a 52 inch walk behind your 61, you're still looking at five, six grand nowadays, but that's relatively cheap compared to everything else out on the market. Now, the thing is, is I would, I'd still have at least one in my fleet. I love running them. I, I feel like you kind of do tricks on them. And I used to screw around on them all the time. So I would still have one, but their biggest downfall is their speed. Everybody wants something fast yeah. nowadays. So yeah. you can, and standard's the hot thing. That, that's where it's at. Everybody's making a standard. So everybody wants a standard now. Some guys are still sitting on the sit-down zero turns, and some guys have, you know, one of each, both, whatever. But there's so many standards out there now that can handle hills. Like I've, I've showed in my videos a number of times. Everybody knows, everyone that's been watching for a period of time, they know the hill. Right. There's this one right. hill and it's this really, really steep. Like one of these days I'm going to remember and I'm actually going to put my, I have a gauge. I'm going to put my gauge on it to see the exact angle of it. And I'll put the camera up and film it, but it's steep. When you're walking, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're walking the three and four embankments at Daytona 500, which is a 30 degree angle. Like you have to like, you lean forward when you walk up that thing, if you've ever been there, but um, it's really steep. So I finally, this year, for some reason, I'm like, you know what? I'm running this hill. I'm going to try mowing it horizontal back and forth with the V-Ride 2. And I did. And I slid a little bit, but I held it. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, this is a new thing. I'm not push mowing this hill anymore. So then I did it with the Toro Grandstand, and that did it. And it was funny. I made a video this past uh, Wednesday. And toward the end of the video, I said, and I go, oh, there's my wife texting me. She just said, you better not be mowing that hill in this rain. <laughs> and uh, but she doesn't like when I mow it, even when it's dry. But the point I'm getting at is standers can now hold these hills. And unless it's an insanely steep hill, which you probably, most guys are like not even taking properties like that anyway. They're like, they see that and they know it's insanely steep to where they have to have a walk behind. Like, oh, screw it. I don't want that property. Um, your average hill now standards can run up and down them all day and guys know if if it gets crazy they can jump off that thing you can bail off a standard like nothing so that people aren't running the walk behinds anymore yeah that, i got a pretty steep pretty steep hill uh at a, at a school that i do and uh, when my walk behind went down uh i was so disappointed just and because i knew i was have to weed eat well it's either push more or weed eat and weed eat to me was, right makes more sense and i just for some reason, I just never fixed. I it's still sitting in my shop today. I never, I never got it fixed. What do you think of the uh, of the new crave of uh, of the stand-ons? Like everybody's doing. You think it's almost a gimmick? Because I'm still, I I like to sit down. Like I do big cemeteries and bigger properties, but I also do small residentials. Do you think the Do you think that the stand-ons going to take over? Or are they that much better? Oh yeah, and I think they already have. And oh, yeah. the thing is. The thing is, is, you know, I, I was the same way for a long time. I was like, I was always on sit down zero turns. I thought, you know, that that's just where it was at for me. And you're going to be on a big property and Johnny Mo actually, you know, him and I have talked many times on the phone and I've watched in his videos he even said, and he said it to me on the phone a number mm -hmm. of times. And he's like, he's like, Randy, seriously, he goes, when you get home from working all day, what do you want to do? Stay in there in the living room or sit down on the couch? He goes, you don't, he goes, it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And now he owns one, but uh, it's not his main primary mower, but he owns a standard. So 
I think, and I thought the same way at first. I'm like, man, my legs will be so tired. My back will be beat from hopping them down. Because I remember all the years of running walk-behinds. Right. One of the right. reasons that I got away from walk-behinds, it wasn't even so much their speed. It was more that my knees were just taking a beating in my lower back. And I just, you know, it was really beating me up. And all the old walk-behinds I ever owned were all the old pistol grip style where you hold like this. Now they're all up top like this. You know what I mean? I never use them. Um, never. Oh, yeah, you can still get the old style with the pistol grips where you hold down like this, you know, and your hands are just killing you, especially in the spring, first couple weeks of mowing, you're like, oh, man. Um, but it was, you know, I had to get away from them because I, it was just beating me up on my, you know, my lower back and my knees. And so the first thing I was thinking was, why am I going to get on a stander? And I'll still be standing. I'm going to have the same problem. Well, I borrowed one off a buddy of mine. I'm like, I'm just going to ride around. Well, I fell in love with it. As soon as I rode it, I'm like, yeah, this is me. I got to have one of these. And they were so much funner to ride. You could duck down under trees like you can on a regular stand or on a regular walk behind. Um, you can, they're so nimble and they're so compact. You can fit them in and out of areas. You're not getting a full size zero turn. You can see everything like in all directions. You can see all the way around you. And another big thing, and I'll tell you, you know, a lot of guys don't admit this stuff on YouTube because they want to be like, oh, I got the perfect business or I do things the right way. You should do what I do. You know the whole story. But I'll be the first to tell you on a commercial property, I'm cruising along and I see a little empty cigarette pack there. I'm running that shit over. Excuse my language. I'm running it over. You know what I mean? Because I was going to sit down and to stop and to get up off it and, and then to sit back down. You're on a stander. You swing up, you hop, jump off, you grab it, throw it on. Or if you're like Sean and Savannah, you know, they they have the grabbers and all their garbage cans. Genius. They just pull up, they reach down and grab it in to keep on I always, going. I went and got a little uh, from the dollar store for like two bucks. I got like a little grabber thing. First day yeah. and left it on the left it on the seat of the mower or left it on the mower thing, went underneath, mowed half of it over. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm done with this nonsense. I'll tell you the best ones I ever bought, and I made a video about it. They're silver with black handles from Harbor Freight. They're like nine bucks a piece. The only thing is the little black rubber cups come off them all the time. It's just a screw that goes through, and the screw comes off it, and the cups fall off. And when they do, they're useless. Right. So I made a video about them one time, and I was like, see, you buy these here, and I pulled it right out of the box, and I said, This is what you do, and I flipped it up and I put a dab of super glue on that screw I flipped over a dab of super glue on that screw and I said these will last and I've been using the same two for the last three years doing spring cleanups because I got to that point where I said I'm tired of leaning over and picking up sticks and so I just walk along with one of those green uh, tote bags I've showed in many of my videos. They're the demolition bags. Right. Um, right. You can get them for 30 bucks a pop at Home Depot and they last for years. But um, I drag that thing around and I pick up sticks with the grabber and they work good. And as a matter of fact, Monday is my birthday. I'm going to be 42 years old and my back is wrenched from all the stupid crap I've done in my life and maybe still continue to do this day. But and, you know, you got to find easier ways to do stuff. But the stander, yeah, it's like I said, they're so compact nowadays. I mean, you can get them in and out of places. You're just not getting full size. Like I would love to go out tomorrow and buy a brand new cheetah. I want a cheetah so bad. I want that big block EFI on it with a 61 inch deck. I want one. I'm, I'm fighting at the heels. <laughs> but um, 
it's just that, you know, for big, if you have a lot of big wide open area, you're mowing, it's great. But for everyday properties, I'd rather be on a stander all day. You can get them in and out of places. They're so quick. They're so snappy. And you can, um, you can just see everything all the way around you. I have hit far less crap being on a stander. I have torn some blades off some sit down zero turns. You know, you just, you think that you're sitting there and your feet are in front of you and you can see out, but you can, you can see out in front of you, but you can't see down. Right. And when, especially in the spring, you're cutting that tall, thick grass, there could be rocks, there could be any little thing in there. You can't see it, but on a stander, you can literally see right down through the grass. Yeah, like I, you can see everything. I don't have one, but I, I did recently come across a really good deal on some grass, uh, on uh, two grasshoppers, 618. I know you're an out front, you do a lot. I of saw, I saw the post you made of them. Dude, and 500 bucks. Like, I yeah. just I did some work on it. The one was in really, really good condition. And the other one was like, nah, not really, you know, whatever. But it, it, it's running now. And I uh, just had to do a little work to them. And for the what I do at a cemetery, I've realized that, man, like these out front mowers, and you've been doing an out, fr out front mowing for a long time. And a lot of people knock the out front mowing or like the grasshopper line. I've never used the Walker line. I played with them at the GIE, but what do you think, what, what do you think the future is for with the standards coming in as popular as they are and how compact, like you're saying, do you think that's going to take away a lot of the out front mowing or do you think the people that use the front deck mowers are kind of like a, a neat shawl in itself? Well, yeah, I don't know many people that use Grasshopper. I've watched a lot of videos on them because I've always been interested. There used to be this channel, and it was a pretty big channel. It was on YouTube for a long time, and it was called Stew Care. And they own a big company in Ohio, and they do mostly college universities, high schools, huge commercials. I don't think they do any residential at all. And they have like 15 of, these, of those Grasshoppers, and they are – they're 100% dedicated to them. So I used to watch a lot of their stuff. And there's a, there used to be a lawn care channel, great channel. It's called Romero Lawn Care, not the Romero Lawn Care channel you see now. Um, he was around and then he had some issues going on in his life and he stopped making videos. And then he came back, he was back for a year, made some, and then he went away again. And then this other channel popped up and I thought it was him. And I actually called him. I'm like, somebody started a channel under your name. And, uh, he says, yeah, I know. I'm, it, you know, I'm not worried about it. But anyway, the guy that had the first channel's name was Rene Romero and uh, a Mexican guy. He's super cool. And it's all he ran was grasshoppers. And he went in full detail about them. And they're really cool. So they spiked my interest for a long time. But I've always said that and I've mentioned it. I mean, I have a pretty tight relationship with Walker and all the guys from there. So, you know, I mentioned to him, I'm like, man, I with the design in the, in the whole thing that you're known for, like the Walker decks, how they literally follow the contour of the ground. Like a lot of people say they're, they're, they're for, you know, manicured, perfect lawns. That couldn't be further from the truth. They're made for the screwed up, up and down, hilly, bumpy yards because they follow the contour. So, you know, they're known for that. And I don't know how they would ever make a standard and still be able to utilize that feature of that, that, Free floating, like but I, I've said to him before, I'm like, man, if you guys don't pop out a standard, you're going to get left behind. But the Walker community is probably the tightest community I have ever seen out of any mower manufacturer brand to the point where some of these guys have mental issues. They're like, there's, you get on those Walker forums and I, I think I'm only on like one of them. 
and there's probably 20 different ones, but I stay away from the one I'm on. I don't even comment or post on like those guys get downright nasty. If you, if you even think of having a different mower in your fleet than Walker, it's almost like a call. It really is. And I don't know. Some of the guys are really, really cool, but a lot of those guys. So I don't think Walker's ever going to go away. I think that out front mowing and with Walker's, I think they're, they're here to stay for quite a long time, but they only own Walker actually only holds like 4% of the commercial market. And I don't think they've ever been above five ever. Everybody knows who they are. They're, they're, they're definitely, they're, they're huge. I, I like Walker mowers a lot. And I really, I bought a grass. This is, this is the third grasshopper now. And they just keep coming up with deals. I just keep buying them and, you know, but I got to replace, like I tell you that 20 horsepower Kohler command, I'm going to end up rebuilding, which I'm really excited about. Like, normal people probably get really down when they blow an engine up but this one's like i've never got to do this so connor's like oh yeah would order the rebuild kit and i'll show you how it's done like i'm so looking forward to like fall season being over and just sitting in that garage all day long i'm looking forward to losing stuff I'm, i just i love rebuilding engines and it just oh yeah it's a lot of fun but yeah the grasshopper line is like a lot different and they're kind of like they're showing me a lot of love on Instagram all of a sudden I'm just, you know, posting like normal. So they seem, they seem a lot different. I don't see very many people rolling with, uh, rolling with grasshopper at all. Like what you said, I was sitting here trying to, trying to jog my, my memory of seeing other brands. I think there's one guy all about lawns. He runs grasshopper, but I felt so cool the other day. I have, you mentioned fleet. I felt so cool having like, uh, just cause my trailer 16 foot trailer. And I could turn, I turned uh, uh, one mower sideways and I took the deck, or I didn't take a turn sideways, I took the deck sideways and took the front of the deck off, you know, and I had three choppers right. on my trailer. And like just rolling down the street, not looking like here's a next mark, here's a whatever, and this is another different mower, having all three on there, whether they all ran or not. No one else knew that when I'm rolling by. It looked great. Right. I felt awesome, man. I felt, it, it felt oh, yeah. to be, have a fleet. It's just all coming together. You mentioned uh, just being able to have money to – I've never been able to have money to do anything. But the other day I just went – and I'm not bragging. I'm like, well, fuck off. But, yeah, I am kind of bragging on myself a little bit because it's like I'm happy for where the growth that I've taken. And sometimes as owners, especially new business owners, you don't get to see – you don't get to see your growth. But, like, I just bought uh, – just went and got a backpack blower just, mm-hmm. just because. And I – Never ha- could I just say, you know what? Here's 600 bucks. I'm going to go get a machine that makes air go really, really fast. There's never, right. <laughs> never, ever would I ever thought that. Oh, no, not, really. not in a million years. And we've all been there. And, and that's why I brought it up because, you know, there's, I, I see so much and I've stressed on my channel a number of times. There, there's always been this thing and, and it's mostly Greg from geek to freak started it and. uh, you know, he started this whole thing with anybody can do this. And, and it really inspired a lot of people. And that's okay. And a lot of people started their businesses because of him, because of his channel. And he's a hundred percent right. Anybody can do this, but I made a whole video on this last winter. Um, and I've mentioned it a bunch of times in videos, but I, I made a whole video kind of specific to this and said, anybody can do it, but not everybody can last. And it's the, the work, anybody is capable of doing the work. Like, I'll give you an example. My wife can physically do my job, okay? 
I was raised on a farm. She was raised on a farm. She's, she comes from a family of hard workers. Anybody can, my wife can physically do my job, but it would take me years to teach her how to run my business. It would take me years to teach her about all the different types of grasses and how this one has to be cut at three and a half inches, but this one you can cut at two and three quarter because it's a different type of grass. But if you cut that one at two and three quarter, you're killing that son of a bitch in two weeks, you know, or you trim hedges, but these hedges you can trim with hedge trimmers. These ones you have to snip by hand, or you can't go down more than this much on these hedges. And this is why these ones you trim like this, you know, um, the engine's running a little funny. Well, um, you can, change out spark plugs and blow out the air filter, you're burning oil because your air filter's plugged because it's been dusty. Or no, pull that ball, that bowl off the carburetor, your float's sticking. Like it would take me so many years to teach her all of the little aspects of how to run the business. Now, my wife's a doctor of physical therapy. So I could physically do her job. I know what she does. I could do her job, but it would take her years to teach me uh, everything uh, that she knows. So the, the point is, is anybody can do this job, but what the problem is I see, and, and I know it's the same in probably every town across the world, is I see new companies pop up every year. And I get some of my buddies in here, they're like, oh, great, another company here, you know, they're going to lowball all the rest of us. And I'm like, man, chill out. There's plenty of work for everybody. Stick to your prices. And if you're doing what your customer wants, they're not leaving you for the lowest guy anyway. They're going to stay with you. I've barely lost any customers in all the years I've been in business. 90, probably 90% of what I have lost has been from, I do a lot of work for banks. So houses that sell or people move away or people that pass away. And that's why I have customers that I mow now that I've mowed their parents for years and they have recently moved out and bought their own house. And now I cut their lawn too. The kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you you don't have to worry about these other companies, but all you have to do is be willing to learn. And I'm willing to learn anything that anybody teaches me. So many people comment on my videos and say, you've taught me so much. And I tell these guys, I'm like, listen, I learned from you guys just as much. So anybody can do this job. Anybody can have a lawn care business. But the second you think that you can't learn anything else, throw in the towel because two things are gonna happen. One, you're gonna fail because you're not willing to learn and to grow and to expand. And two, everybody's gonna work against you because now you've become so arrogant that nobody wants to be around you, nobody wants to help you, nobody wants to talk to you. So you're done, you're, you're dead in the water. So I'm, I'm willing to learn anything. People tell me, you know, a, a lot of the channels that have been around for a while kinda, you know, work off each other. We hear a lot of you guys mention, like people will hear me mention Brian Shane, Johnny Moe, Richie Plemons, because we all talk all the time. But I've learned off of people that have just started channels this year because I watch something that somebody does, and I'm like, that's freaking genius. Why didn't I think about that? All these years I've been doing it, and this guy just started a YouTube channel this year. He's talking about his first year in business, but he worked for a different company before. You know, so he's got years of experience. And I'm watching how he does it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like – I could have been doing it that way this whole time. So you know what I mean? So you have to be willing to learn and you can't ever think that you know everything or you're done. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about like uh, you, running a YouTube channel? You've done it for a long time. Um, sometimes I catch myself 
I talked about it in one of my last podcasts, maybe it's like, sometimes I catch myself being, I can't tell the difference. Now I know the difference, but at the time I, I didn't know if I was trying to grow a bigger channel, like media company versus an actual company. Like I felt like I was putting more, like I, my goal now I had to, I had to work through my own thing because like I was spending way too much time worried about like comments and getting content out to where I just took a one month hiatus from YouTube just because it's like, it's, it, how do you balance that? You know, if you know what I mean? Cause now you're, you got a, you got like 15, 16,000 subs. Like you're getting a lot of momentum, getting a lot of attention, which are things you should have had a long time ago. If you ask me, and I, I talked to Johnny milk, uh, not too long ago. And he, we talked about you quite a bit too. He's like, yeah, your channel should have blown up a, a long time ago, but how do you balance that for so like, cause it, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, I don't yep. know why I think yep. like that. It's well, this, this is the way I look at YouTube. YouTube has always been a hobby for me and I'm a firm believer in my business and my family come first. And this past summer, sorry about that. That's all right. This past summer, I took like a month, month and a half off of YouTube. And then I came back with a couple of videos and I took like another three weeks off. And the reason was, is I had a lot going on with my family and I've never taken a long period of time off like that from YouTube. And people were commenting all the time, like, you know, just when your channel blows up, you, you know, you, you disappear and this and that. And, and I said, listen, it's just the way that events fail or fell into place. I love YouTube. I love making videos. I love the interaction with all my subscribers, but my family, my business always will come first. And if, and, excuse me, I mentioned this in a video and I said, because people comment on me and Brian at the same time, because Brian has taken quite a bit of time off. And I said, Brian and I, are, we feel exactly the same. If we were told by our families today that you need to, you need to step away from social media and you need to stop, you guys would never see us again. The family comes first. So I love doing this, but it comes down to, it comes down to what you want and how bad you want it. Like people say to me, the, the things I get comments on the most of my videos are people are like, how do you work all day and mow all them lawns, do the landscaping, and, and then still go to the gym at the end of the day? Like, listen, some days I would, some days I would rather sit in a bathtub full of scissors and go to the gym after a long day, but it comes down to how bad you want it. And it's just like making videos. Like I literally have mounts on everything. I have mounts on my trucks. I have mounts on my mowers. I got mounts on the trimmers. There's mounts everywhere. And all I do is I take a camera and I set it somewhere and I hit start. And I don't worry about that camera. I don't worry about what's capturing. I point it in a general direction. I have like four different GoPros, general direction, and I go and I just do what I'm going to do. I, I treat the lawn like, like I never even brought a camera. Right. And then when I'm done, I walk back up to it and I shut it off, throw it back in the truck or in the trailer. And I go at the end of the day, I put it on there. Like I usually average anywhere from a nine to a 12 or 13 minute video. That's usually 50 minutes of footage that I condense down to that nine to 11, 12 minutes. Right. So it's right. a lot of editing, a lot of cutting it out and stuff like that, but I want to do it and I enjoy doing it. And that's why I make the time for it. But when it comes down to, I simply do it for entertainment purposes or, to if I show me working on something to help somebody out. That's that's the, mo the, the main reason. Like I've never looked at it as a media thing, like I want to be a star or something like that. If 
listen, if people knew, you know how many comments I get on every video that people will comment something like, you're such an idiot. You know, if I was, if I ever ran into you, I'm going to punch you right in your face, this and that. I get those wow. every day, every day. And I'm thinking, okay, the average person, you know, the average person out there is probably 150 pounds going to walk right up to me. I'm like, here I am, punch me in my face. And you know what I mean? It's just people talking crap. But, and it used to bother me, it used to really get to me. And I just, you know, I had to get in that mindset where I'm just like, I just laugh it off now. It's, and sometimes I, I couldn't let it go. I had to argue back with them. So I'd be like right back on top of them or I'd make a video about it or, or whatever. And now I'm just like, remove, remove. They pop up. All the alerts come right to my phone as soon as I get them. So, you know, I check them and I'm like, as soon as I'll read the comment of like, remove, remove. Like my block list is probably bigger than my subscriber list. And, you know, I just, I don't play around. I get rid of them because I'm not in it for the subscribers. And Johnny has said that to me many times, like, dude, you should have 15,000 subs 10 years ago or whatever. So, um, but I told him, I'm like, I call it like it is. I don't hold back. I don't try to sugarcoat anything. I, you know, I'm not little Debbie. I'm not sugarcoating the shit out of everything I put out there. I tell it like it is and I'm real. And I said, a lot of people like that, but a lot of people in today's society don't like that. Yeah, we're, in, we're in a growing market. Like um, you, I, in one of your older videos, like I was going back and I was rewatching some of your older stuff. And you had mentioned eight years ago that there was a lot of people putting out lawn care content. And I was thinking then there wasn't now, now yeah. totally different landscape. And there's so much more room for like more people like there's, there's so much more attention getting shown on this community. Cause like people now who go, are just going to go buy any mower off Facebook marketplace and or Craigslist and or Lowe's, they're going to Google whatever. And chances are you Spencer, uh, Brian, Johnny, you know, uh, the other Brian, them guys are going to show up because you guys put that work in now, but even some of like my videos could possibly show up. Cause I, I just feel like there's so much attention going to be shown in this community it's growing like crazy it's it's well, you know what the, amazing the biggest thing about it is and a bunch of us said this back in the day everybody was trying to be like greg everybody wanted to get in the lawn care community and they wanted to be like greg and for a while my videos were a lot like greg i did a lot of voiceover narration all stuff but greg taught me over the phone how to make youtube videos we literally were on the phone for hours and he walked me through it. I used the same program he did for years. Like he walked me through step-by-step step how to do it, how to change up your video. So it wasn't the same thing all the time. Like, so a lot of my work are very, very similar to his. And sometimes in some of my videos I put out now, still have a lot of those similarities, but I kind of did my own thing. And that's why like Brian from Top Notch, he'll tell you every day, the reason he blew up and got so big so quick is because he come on, just at the right time as the community was growing and people were like fiending for these lawn care videos and not that many people were making them. So he came in the mark just at the right time. He stayed consistent. He put out the same videos right. and he scheduled them. So they would pop up at the same time every day. And once YouTube sees that and it pops into their algorithm, that's why you see my videos pop up at 5.30 every day. Sometimes they're later or earlier, just depending on what's going on with my day. But usually they're right at 5.30 every single time because consistency is key on YouTube. YouTube's algorithm looks for that. Once they see it, 
And then they see people like look for that all the time. And then you get that initial traction right off that same time. Then YouTube yanks your video and it starts throwing it up in other people's suggestion things. Like it could be people that don't watch any lawn care at all. They go on to look at furniture making all the time. And YouTube will grab your video and start throwing it into their suggestion thing. That's how their algorithms work. So consistency is key. So that's what Brian did. And he figured that out early. And that's in that early days, like when I said, you know, there's so much out there and the community's growing so big, that's everybody was coming to the scene and everybody was trying to be like Mike. <laughs> so do you remember that old saying, be uh, like Mike? Uh, everybody was trying to be like Greg and they tried imitating every single thing he was doing, thinking they would blow up like he did. Right. They didn't right. know it. 70% of his subscribers had nothing to do with lawn care. He had a channel before lawn care and that's where they all came from. Right. So the reason I think that it's blowing up so much more now when it seemed like it was then, but it actually is now is because there's so many people out there doing different things. Yeah. Everybody's not trying to do the same thing. So that's why there's a lot more saturation of law of the lawn care community a lot more people coming into it but i can click to 10 different people like i can go to your videos i can go to johnny moe's you know you put one out johnny moe puts one out um i don't know sean and savannah put one out we'll say that uh happy's puts one out i can click on each one of them and i know other than the fact that you guys are all different people i know i'm going to get a completely different type of video from each one of you because everyone's doing their own thing. Whereas back in the early days of us guys that have been around forever, um, it didn't matter whose channel you clicked on, you're getting the same shit. You're getting the same type of video. Now, do you ever feel like, you ever felt like all your videos sound the same or, like, or you're doing the same thing over and over again? You get bored making your own content because a lot of times in my, uh, whenever I'm sitting here messing with it and blah, 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 I'm like, whatever, whatever. And I'll just fast forward through all the work part. Cause I think that's boring. You know what I mean? And I'll go to the talking, but then I'll get like, people be like, no man, we like watching the work stuff. I'm just like, well, it's, it is a hard balance to. Yeah. And that's, I got, I get that a lot. And that's why I try to break it up. Like some videos will have more like action than talking and other ones have more talking of like me and Billy screwing around the truck or whatever than action. And the reason why is because people do get sick of the same stuff over and over again. So I get people who are like, man, quit talking so much in the video. We like watching the machines and actually, you know, we, we came to your channel because we want input on these machines. We want to see what they do. And so they come for that. And then other people are like, man, just, I could, I don't even care about the mowing. I don't watch it. I could listen to you and Billy go back and forth all day. That's and then other guys only come to the channel to watch me repair stuff. So I, those guys tune in like it's weird because you get used to seeing the same names of people that comment all the time and I get some guys where I might get a comment or two from them throughout the summer but I see them comment on almost every single video throughout the winter they only come to my channel because they like the snow plowing videos and in the winter I'm usually I usually have a project like last year was the grandstand you know what I mean so they come for that stuff so I try to break it up like I could have put out mowing videos all week this week, but I didn't. The first couple of days were mowing videos. And then like yesterday I did one and showed the new bagging system on the V-Ride, but I showed that, hey, the grandstand's broke. And this is what it was. Today I had some mowing in there, a little bit of screwing around back and forth with me and Billy. And then I 
I showed the V-Ride 2 mowing, actually bagging with the bagging system. And then I showed in the end me fixing in the parts with Toro Grandstand. And then it showed me riding wheelies on it down the road. You know what I mean? So, you know, I try to break it up and I try to put different stuff because people do get sick of seeing the same thing. And I get sick of filming the same thing. I don't want to, you know, I sit there and think all the time, like, people want to watch this shit. I just put three videos out the other day, you know? And so I try to show different yards too, but... You know, right now we maintain 78 yards a week. Um, those are our weekly mows. And Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm by myself. So I only have Billy Thursday and Friday. Tuesday and Wednesday are my heaviest days. And so I don't get much time to film because I'm just trying to stay on, especially now everything's taking longer because I'm mulching leaves, I'm bagging leaves. Um, you know, it's just the season, the fall season has really kicked in for us over the last week, week and a half. So yeah, I'm trying to, you know, there's a lot of lawns I'm just, I'll never put on camera. You'll never see them because I just don't, they're really high paying lawns and the, I, the people probably wouldn't care. They're super cool, but it's not worth taking that chance just to make a video over. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a chance of pissing a customer off and losing those ones. You know what I mean? Have you they're ever had aggravated, aggravated with you? For, for filming? Nope, never. I've actually uh, only a couple times in all the years that I've been doing it, have uh, I ever had a customer say anything to me about the camera and they're like, are you filming this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd screw around and make, and it was when I was doing like, like last year, I had two different customers say something because they saw the camera out when um, Ferris gave me that FB3000 ride on blower. Yeah, I love that. Oh man, amazing! I love it. I can't justify spending fourteen thousand dollars on something I'll use for a month and a half every year. But um, they they gave me that, and a couple customers had seen the camera set up, and they were like, they asked me, like, "Oh, are you filming this?" And I told them, "Yeah, you know, this company that owns this, they gave it to me. You know, I'm allowed to use it for the leaf cleaning season, so you get the benefits of me using it on your yard." But in return, I have to make them some review videos that they can use for their marketing. They're like, oh, that's super cool. How do you get on something like that? And, and they wanted to talk about it. They thought it was super cool. So, you know, I've never ever had anybody say anything bad to me about, uh, you know, having a camera like, shut that camera up. But I like my mounts are very low profile mounts. They're like most of every mount I have is black. So I'll like, I'll drop the gate on my enclosed trailer and I'll clip it to the top of the wall and like turn it. So just the camera's sitting there. So unless you're standing right on top of my trailer, like right up against my trailer, you'd never even see that camera there. You'd All never right. even know. Right. Like I don't go and set tripods up in the middle of customer's yards. I would never do that. Um, yeah, I, have a pole. Yeah. I have a pole that I made that I showed in a video. Um, it's like a long piece of uh half inch thick steel rod and I ground the end down so it's a point and then I glued a quick clip GoPro quick clip to the top and so I'll I'll just stick it straight in the ground with the camera on it and I'll do it like up against a tree or something right. so you can't even see it's there and it, it allows me to do different angles like that but or I'll stick it down the ground to where like it's kind of half in a bush so you can't even see that it's there so customers don't even know the cameras are set up but I um, but some guys I see in their videos, they set tripods up and everything on their customers' yards. That's kind of that's kind of ballsy. I'm not so sure I would do that. I've I've done it on a couple yards in the past, but like I said, I do a lot of work for banks, 
So um, I work with a couple banks and a couple realty companies exclusively, and they call me up and say, hey, Randy, we just got another one that's on the market. We need to go clean it up and then keep it on your route until, uh, until it sells. We'll let you know when it sells. Yeah, you and I go, so, you know, people don't even live there. So properties like that, I would. And, and I tell them, they all know that I film. Uh, a lot of them watch my videos. So, I mean, they think it's the coolest thing ever. And, you know, so I, I don't have any issue there. But on an everyday property where people live, I, no, I would never set up a tripod in the middle of their yard. Yeah, I've definitely done that. And then, I've, then I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is, this is a bad idea. I got little kids looking out at me, which is cool because, like, couple of my clients, they don't care about YouTube this or YouTube that, whatever. But the kids that are there, they think it's so yeah. cool. I'm the YouTube guy. And it's like, yep. well, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, I definitely enjoy making, I definitely enjoy making, making the videos. But I did want to ask you too, is uh, when you had your guys in place, you, you mentioned that your systems weren't really, your, you said you didn't have any standard operating procedures, but like, what, at what point did you start implementing systems and you're, you're, you, you got a, you said you keep a, a higher clientele base. You, you niche down to about 74 properties weekly. Now at what kind of systems do you keep in place that helps you still be profitable and have time management for, for, with your family? Or did you just, just kind of figure it out? Or did you have any kind of like a CRM or anything like that? No. No, I don't use any of that. I'll tell you what, it's all pretty much stuff that I've designed on my own, but I'll tell you one thing is for certain right now. And I would, I would probably bet my business on the fact that if anybody has been in this situation and they say that that's not true at all, or they say that I'm wrong, I would be willing to bet that they're lying and they've never actually experienced it. When I did decide it's time to implement procedure and it's time to lay down the ground rules, that's when you're pissing off your employees because they've been working for you for a couple of years and them, them ground rules weren't there before. And now all of a sudden they're being regimented and they don't like it. So that's what I found out real quick that they don't give a shit about me or my company. And they just want to quit, come in here, bang it out and leave. Like I had this one guy, he knew that if we hustled on a Friday, we'd be done by 4.30, 5 o'clock, maybe. Normally it was 6.30, 6, 6.30, you know, but if we really hustled 4.35, we could knock it out and get it done. He tells me at 9 o'clock, at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Friday after we've already been working for an hour and a half that he has to be out by 1 o'clock because he's going out of town. I'm like, Excuse me? Like these guys, you find out real quick, they don't care. But the biggest thing is I, I knew how I wanted things. I am one of the only, if the only company in my area, and I mean within 20 miles of me, that edges sidewalks and driveways. That's amazing. Nobody, it's unheard of. Nobody even carries a stick edger. When I went and bought the stick edger from my dealer, he said it'd been sitting there for a long time. People don't do it. It's just not a thing. And when I have, um, when I have one of my accounts where there's a long sidewalk in front of it, which isn't a common thing in my area, um, but there's a long sidewalk in front of all the houses, the sidewalks in front of the property I do are that wide. To the left and right, they're that wide. You know what I mean? And it just looks ridiculous. But um, 
it's it's not a thing. So I knew that that was a big thing for me. I knew that never leaving grass laying on a customer's property, even if I have to, if it's just a small like quarter acre property and I have to double cut it, I don't charge the customer twice. I just do it because I take pride in it. And then another one I put into place and I used to do these all the time. The customer calls up and be like, listen, we don't, we don't want any weed whack. We don't want any blow. We just want to cut and, you know, just cut it right down. You don't have to double cut nothing. You know, what's the cost on that? And I would take those on all the time. And I'm thinking, oh, quick, wham, bam, do it, get out of there. The people to the left or right and across the street don't know that's the arrangement they set up with me. They look out there, see what I did, look at countryside lawn real big on the side of the trailer or the truck, and they think that that's what I did. So I cut that right out. Um, I'm picky about when you weed whack, it should be at the same height. You just cut the lawn. You don't skip it where it's high and low, up and down. Don't scalp it down when you're cutting the grass a little bit higher. Um, just stuff like that. And uh, there's some companies around here, their guys will mow all day long with no shirt on. Some of these guys are some pretty big fellows where there's stuff moving where it shouldn't be. And, uh, you know, so I let, you know, Billy and I, I mean, they see, we cut our sleeves off, the shirt's half torn on there, but we're still wearing a shirt. You yeah. know what I mean? decent shape so it's not like we're big overweight guys with stuff hanging out all over you know what I mean but um so and the guys that work for me that had beards they're like I don't care grow a beard if you want but keep it trim don't look all scraggly and like there's squirrels living in it so just basic stuff like that but um so those are some of the main procedures I put into place and then the no smoking on a customer's property and stuff like that but um the as far as being able to manage it I started looking at shit and I'm thinking last year, and I just put this in place like three years ago. I looked over the way. I'm like last year I was down this road two different days a week because this customer wanted to cut on this or didn't care what day. So I do it on a Tuesday, but these other three customers had to have their log cut on a Friday and they're in the same neighborhood. I'm like, this is stupid. So I changed everything around and I said, this is how I'm going to do it. Root density. I catered to out of the two days I was on that street, I catered to the highest paying least bitching customer. And so whatever day they fell on, whether it was the Friday or the Tuesday, I put everybody on that day. So the other ones that complained, I'm like, sorry, it's the only day of the week I'm there. I can come on that other day, but I now have to double your price because I don't have a truck in that neighborhood on that day. Oh, well, well, you know what? I guess we'll try it out for this year. And some of them just went and found somebody else. And I said, you know what? See you later. Go. Because right. the phone will ring every day. So especially if you're doing what you say you're going to do and you show up. The biggest thing that I've, there's not a lawn care company in my area I haven't gotten lawns from. And that's in 90% of the reason is because they'd say, last week they came on Monday. The week before that, it was a Wednesday. The week before that, it was a Tuesday. And they're all over the place. I'm I stick to a schedule and the main reason that I do it, to be honest with you, is because nothing irks me more than running over dog shit. So I'm on the same day every week. So the customer knows your day is Tuesday. When I get there on Tuesday, there better not be a pile in that yard. Keep it out of that yard. So it, it allows people to, plus, you know, they can, work their, they can work their events and all their stuff around me. But so, you know, it's time management. Like I will mow, I, Billy and I had to play catch up yesterday. And from eight in the morning until I think I just watched the video back earlier before we started this from eight in the morning to one nineteen, I think we did. I can't remember what it was. 21 lawns 
That's something like that. That's route density, route management. In the one street that I pull up on, like the last eight long, the first eight longs that we had to do yesterday morning were my last eight on my Wednesday list. I parked the truck in one spot and cut all eight of them. That's that. That's how it was. Literally right there. You know what I mean? And so it's route density. I never, I never put more than five miles on my truck in a day. Never. It's, it's that tight. In most days, it's three to four miles. And I average 20 lawns a day. You know what I mean? So, or right in that area between 15, 20 lawns a day. So it's, I'm, I'm never driving that far. And that's what you want. And that doesn't come easy. That, that takes time to get to. I used to drive all over house creation to try to pick up lawns or whatever. But I start realizing, I'm like, I'm in all these same neighborhoods multiple days a week. I'm like, no, no, no. This has to get condensed, especially if I'm going to, when I went back solo, I'm like, I need to make as much money as I could possibly make in the hours that I have. And I don't mean sun up to sundown because that shit's for the birds. And I do it in the fall when it's leaf season because the days are so short. And sometimes I still do it a little bit in the spring. But for an entire season of work, sun up to sundown, no, I don't need the money that bad. I've never seen a coffin towing a U-Haul. You can't take that shit with you when you go, man. So I want to spend the time. I tell my wife and kids all the time, if it wasn't for you guys, I'd be on the next episode of Alaska, the last frontier in a cabin in the woods hunting every day. That's what I would be doing. You guys would never even see my bad ass. I would be gone. So I'm like. I do this and I work so hard and I do what I do for you guys to have this life with you guys. So I'm not going to work myself to death and then not have any time with them or work so damn hard that I come home that I'm too tired to do anything with them. That's ridiculous to me. So like I said, I want to make the most money that I can in the hours that I allow myself to work that day. Not how many hours there are in a day. How many do I allow myself to work? So I started jam packing them together I want I'm in this town this day and if somebody calls me now and I have an opening I tell them I'm in your neighborhood on Wednesdays oh I really want to mow it on a Friday I'm sorry I wish I could help you out but I'm only in your neighborhood on Wednesdays I keep my routes very tight that allows me to keep my prices competitive and it allows me to be as efficient as I can possibly be and a lot of people when they hear that they're like I never hear a long guy talk like that. They think we're all stupid. They think, you know, we're just a long guy. You know what I mean? So you start talking to him like that. And Keith Kelfis is the one that got me on this, on this train. He's the one that like drilled this into me. He's like, Randy, just talk to them. You don't have to like act like you're the smartest guy in the room, but you have to be confident because if, if they said, pick up on that crap, me too. I, I get from a customer and be like, uh, 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 cut it for $25. The last guy did it for 22. I'll do it for 21. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't confident. Now, I walk up to a lawn. I'm like, it's $45 a week. I invoice at the end of every month for how many times I've been here. I invoice via email. There's a link on there. You can click it. You can pay it online. Or you can click it, print out your bill. There's a stub on the bottom. You can rip it off and mail a check to me. Or you can leave me cash in a place that we agree upon the following week when I get there. If you want it sent by paper in the mail, that's fine. There's a $2 charge for that each month for paper invoicing. That's, that's oh, okay. And I, and I don't hold back and they're like, Oh, that's too much. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. If the next guy you have doesn't work out, by all means, feel free to call us and I'll see what we can do to work with you and see if we can work something out. And then I shake their hand and I walk away and they're like, you know what I mean? But it's taken me a long time to get to that. I don't care if it's not, it's not whether I'm right for you. It's whether you're right for me. 
because I'm not little Johnny mowing lawns after school. This is how I pay my mortgage. Right. You know what I mean? So it has to be right for me. And that's so one I, I screen my customers. I, that's one thing I'm trying to work on in my confidence is uh, it's getting a lot better, but I realize like I did a whole beautiful, huge install for this lady. I come way down on the price, all brand new, everything right after she had a beautiful stamped um, stamp concrete patio put in. And I, that should have been the red flag. She didn't have no money, blah, blah, blah. But she just had a $10,000 stamp patio put in. I'm like, all right, maybe that broker. I don't know. Maybe she got her stimulus check. And I don't know, none of my business, but I can do it for this price. Uh, it'd be close, but I can still make some money. Then I get to get this whole project done. Beautiful project. And I'm so excited about it. And then she goes on vacation and I come back to Mo and she pays online. And I'm like, hey, this is all, this is dying. This has been a week later. I said, hey, what's going on? All, uh, all these hydrangeas, is, they're fried, they're dead. Oh, we're on vacation. My daughter's supposed to, uh, my daughter's supposed to water. I'm like, she hasn't. Nothing. Like the Japanese maples, fry, everything's dying. What's going on? Oh yeah, we're in Jamaica right now. We'll be back in about a week, week and a half. And I'm just like, it just like burnt me up. Like she lied about the prices. Say they have plenty of money. They they're going on vacation. I have new. It just I realized then and there. I was like, okay. I just started adding up all the times that I've been used and just overlooked. And it just like all of a sudden a wave of emotion just kind of like I've just been everybody's little bitch this whole time is what I felt like. It was rough, man. The last two months was a really rough time for me. It's a hard lesson to learn for sure. And I, anyone that says that they've come up through the ranks and they haven't made those mistakes and they haven't been burned are full of shit. Cause let me tell you, it happens to everybody. That's how you learn. And that's how you build a business strong enough. That can't just easily be torn down. The absolute worst, the worst are the little old ladies. They will take you to the bank and they they know how to do it. They'll, you know, they will drive you right down. You'll feel so bad because you look at them and you see your grandma and you're thinking, I hope that somebody's treating my grandma this nice. You know what I mean? So you'll feel bad for them. And I've had that happen. I had a lady that told me, you know, I had her for four years and finally after four years, I'm like, I really need to raise her price. I don't know why I haven't raised her price. And a few years back, and I mentioned this in a video the other day, is I set a minimum. It took me years, and I finally it clicked, and I'm like, I need a freaking minimum. If I can't at least hit that minimum, I'm not going. I'm not going to have my prices all over the board here and there, you know, and they do fluctuate depending on properties, but I need a freaking minimum. And, but so I'm like, I need to raise her. And she's like, Oh, you know, I can't afford it. And uh, can we, you know, just keep it the same for this year? We'll talk about it again next year. That entire summer, she had her driveway ripped out and repaved. She had a new deck put on the back of her house. She had, and this wasn't one of the little old ladies, by the way. This was, um, this was uh, probably, she was probably in like her late 40s, early 50s. And she had a new deck put on her house, a vinyl fence put all the way around her backyard, which was almost a half acre. And I'm adding all this shit up my head. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, and she's told me over a period of like three years, she moved here from Texas. She, and she still ran a hospital in Texas, but did it from here in New York on her computers, wow. how she did. She's some type of administrator. And she had a, a little daughter that was adopted. And I'm like, every week I went there to Mo, and I used to love it because she was super cool to me, super sweet. And uh, she'd come out and say hi. She'd bring me a bottle of water when I was there. And that's probably why I never raised her price for like four years. But 
from that point on, when I started seeing this stuff go on in early spring, every single week I went there to mower grass, like my blood just boiled. I just, I was so irritated. And I'm like, she just really, she's probably looking out her window right now, laughing, thinking that's schmuck. And I was so pissed every time I went there. So at the end of the year, I left it alone. The following spring come up and I said, I raised her price. And I was only initially going to raise her price $5 a week. I bumped it 10 bucks. She instantly sends me a text message back. She says, I can't believe you're going to raise me that much. I said, listen, here's the deal. And I called her out because I didn't plan on mowing anyway. Because by that point, I didn't care if she gave me $20 more a week. I didn't want to touch her lawn, right? So I'm like, I'm just laying on the table. So I text her back and I said, here's the deal. For four years, you've been whining to me about the fact that you were so broke and things were so tough on you and so hard. And I knew you had an adopted daughter with you and I knew that things were a little rough right now. So I tried to work with you and I kept your price same and I never raised it. And you know, I was perfectly fine. I wasn't losing money, but I wasn't really making money in your lawn. It was fine. It's fine for me to do that for the occasional customer, not a big deal. I said, and then last year I was going to raise your price. And you told me again, things were really tough. I go, and I watched you do this, 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 and this, and I listed them. And I said, you did every one of those throughout the summer. I said, and every week I went there to mow, I was thinking another project going on here and there. I said, you completely took advantage of me. I said, yeah. and I said, no hard feelings. I said, but there's only one or two ways it's going to work. One, you're going to pay the difference on a weekly basis. Or two, you're going to have to find another lawn service. No hard feelings. I'll walk away. You know what she does? She writes back, you white trash mother effer, how dare you, with four question marks. That was it. I didn't respond to her. No explanation, no nothing. That's what she wrote. And I didn't respond to her. I did nothing. And I just laughed. I was like, oh, my God. I wanted to respond. I wanted. There's so many things I wanted to say. And I'm like, you know what? She'll screenshot this and put it all over social media. I'm done. And I just left it alone. Never responded back to her. Never went back there again. I wasn't about to say anything at the end of the season because I knew I wouldn't get paid for whatever she owed me at the end of the season. So I waited. See, that's one you thing know. I wish I, I would have done a little different because when I walked away from that client that went on the vacation, had the stamp patio, lived in that really, really nice neighborhood, like she called me. She kept calling and calling and calling. And I, I, did, I was so mad. I knew if I answered that I was going to lose it. You know what I mean? And I just, I just ignored her. And that was the, probably the worst way of like dropping somebody, but like mm. there was all kinds of red flags. I wish I would have just let her know, like, no, you took advantage of me. You weren't my friend. You act, you, you, you took my kindness and you used it against me, which is my fault. It's a learning lesson on me. Oh man. I just, I wish I would have at least said, no, you've done this, this, and this all year. I've seen you guys brag about, all these little things that you and your husband go and do, which is cool. I love that. Have fun, but don't turn around and just say how broke you are all the time. I, and how bad COVID, that was one thing, how bad COVID hurt them. And I couldn't, I couldn't raise my prices on certain things because COVID affected them so bad. Kind of She never missed a paycheck. Like it was all the same. It's like, I didn't find that out till weeks later. We were just talking casually and it was like, she was still getting paid. The whole time, <laughs> nothing changed. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was like, and I'm probably getting the boost on top of it, the extra money, which oh. a lot of people were. And people said that in the beginning of the year. Johnny Mo made a couple of videos on this, and he said, "I don't know what's going to happen." And Johnny worries a lot. Johnny, I, I'm surprised that guy hasn't had four heart attacks. So he has. I, I, if I remember correctly, he has had one. I love Johnny. He's a great guy. We, you know, we've been friends a long time, but he worries way too much. And if he, the day that he does go, Lord. 
pray that it never happens anytime soon. I would never wish that. But the day that he does go is going to be from anxiety, I guarantee. He worries a lot. And he made a couple of years in a row thinking or talking about how, you know, COVID is going to affect people. You're going to lose customers, this and that. And it got to the point where I started questioning it. And I'm pretty confident in myself when it comes to my business because of all the stupid stuff I've done, all the hard lessons I've learned, all the money I've lost. I've grown to be pretty confident in where I'm at now at this stage. And so I even start questioning, like, oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen. And I start worrying. And then I start thinking, the hell are you doing? Stop thinking like that. You're, you'll be fine. I probably picked up more customers this year and have had more work this year than I have in the last three years. I'm People were hurting more and they looked around their yard and they're like, oh man, I was like, shit, I got to get that cleaned up. Randy, can you come give me your price on this? And that's how it went. I didn't lose any customers because of COVID. I picked up so many new customers. People were, even the ones working from home, they were still getting paid. The ones that were laid off were getting unemployment plus a boost stimulus on top of that. I, no issues at all. Never knew. Like I said, 90% of my invoicing is done via email and they pay online. I don't exchange cash or money with almost anybody. It, it wasn't an issue at all. I actually customers I picked up because I live right on the border. Like I'm five miles north of Niagara Falls hmm. in New York. I'm right there on the border. And there's a lot of people that live here but work in Canada because it's like seven minutes away. Right. So a bunch of them went over there to work and they shut the bridges down and they got stuck there. I have four customers that I mow this year that where I told you my Wednesday morning where I have eight or nine of them right there in that neighborhood, four of them all live here and work in Canada. They haven't been able to come home all summer. I've been maintaining their lawns all summer because they can't come back home. So they've been staying over there in apartments that their work is paying for for them to stay in these apartments. And they just, I email them an invoice and they pay it online. I picked up customers like crazy. So it wasn't, it wasn't an issue, but yeah, I've seen guys make videos of that saying that people have tried pulling that card on them, you know, saying, you know, I can't afford to pay. It's so broke. I want to go to bi-weekly and this and that. And, you know, I have one bi-weekly long one and it's uh I, I just don't do them. I haven't done them in years. I don't want nothing to do with them. People call me and they're like, I'm looking for a bi-weekly cut. And you call the wrong number. We don't do that. Here. <laughs> you know? That's smart. Was it hard for you to uh, transfer people over to like uh, uh, electronic invoices, like email, whether you use Jobber or whoever you ever use? It doesn't matter. No, I use Yardbook and I used to use Square. And I just, I did all my own invoicing. I use on Square and uh but i use yardbook now and i kind of dabbled with it for a couple of years and messed with it a little bit here and there and i don't even use half the features that are on the program but i went solely to it at the end of last year so i used it all winter for snow plowing to try to you know play it out a little bit and see how it worked um and i have 62 driveways that i plowed last year and my entire route takes me about four hours to do. So they're that tight. Again, they're that close together. Um, but out of those 64, I think 50, right around 50, 52 of them prepay for the season. So I only had a handful that I would invoice monthly. So I figured the winter time, there's only a few to invoice. That's a time to mess with it. 
So I really got into it. And since this past winter, I've used solely Yardbook. That's all I use. But the reason I started it is because there are, like, I live right on Lake Ontario. And there's a lot of lakefront homes there that are all vacation homes for people. So a lot of my customers, I have customers I've been mowing for seven years. If I walk past them in the grocery store, I wouldn't even know it was them. I've never met them. I don't, there's, I probably don't know more than half my customers. Um, but there's a lot of them that live out of state and they just come here a couple times during the summer to these vacation homes. So one of them actually suggested to me um, probably three, about three years ago, um, why don't you do some type of like online invoicing where we can pay online? And I'm like, I'm going to try that out. I'm going to look into it and see, you know, see what, what there is out there. So I tried a couple and it was mostly for them and they, uh, it was mostly for them. And I kept switching to different services because um, they would store their card on file. So then when I send them an invoice, they go in and click their cards already there and they could pay. Well, it would give me all their card info and I didn't want it. I didn't want to be responsible for it. So I dumped that service and tried to find another one. And Yardbook, it just tells me if they have a card on file. It doesn't let me see the card. I'm not responsible for it, nothing. Well, so then I had the great idea, well, I'm going to offer this to everybody, even my customers that live here. But here's the thing. Here's where I made a mistake. So if you plan on going this route, I'll give you a little what Johnny Moe calls a pro tip. And anyone listening to this, heed my advice here. I couldn't get barely anybody on board with online paying. Okay. And the best thing about online paying is they pay it. And the next morning I can take it out of my account. It's there. Okay. And as soon as they pay, it instantly alerts my phone that they just paid it. And when they click to pay it before they, they click pay now. And before they can put in their card info, a screen pops up and it says, would you like to leave a tip? And it says 5%, 10%. And they have to click one of them or else click no before they can go to the next screen and actually pay it. So it actually encourages, you wouldn't believe it. It probably 20, 25 of my customers a month leave me tips. I get tips anywhere, because they do a percentage, anywhere from 16 to 25, $30 tips every month by a large percentage of them, because they have to click out of that screen before they can go I to the next one. Think about it, yeah. Yeah, so it's in their head. So it helps them to, it helps encourage them to do it. But anyway, here's where I made the mistake, and here's my tip for you is, I figured when you pay a utility online, there's usually anywhere from a two to a $5 charge to pay it online, right? That's how almost all of them work. So I'm like, well, why can't I do that? So I told the mom, like, I'm offering online bill pay and there is a $3 charge with that. You know, if you want to pay online, there's a $3 service charge, just like a utility. And almost every one of them were like, no, 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 no. They didn't want to know nothing about that $3 charge, right? Like it was going to break their bank. Their month their month um, bill for invoicing, you know, say they were 30 bucks a lawn, it was $120, but that $3 was going to break the bank. They couldn't do it, couldn't handle it. So like, okay. So the following spring, I raised almost every one of my customers. And usually every two, sometimes every three years, I raise my customer's price. Now, uh, uh, there's 
barely anybody in my there was only one company in my area and i don't even think they're in business anymore they would mow lawns for like oddball amounts it'd be like 27 dollars or 29 dollars or 31 dollars everything's by fives i mean it's 30 35 40 45 50 you know what i mean so i raised them all five dollars and they weren't even most of them weren't even due for a raise not that i tell them what the cycle is because i want to raise them when i want to i don't want them to expect to be on a cycle that so i raised them all five dollars every single one of them and then i sent them out an invoice and said we are doing online invoicing with online bill pay and I found a new service in, instead of the one that I offered you guys last year, this one doesn't charge me a service fee. So now I don't have to transfer that service fee on to you guys. So now it's free. You don't get the service charge. You just go out and you pay your bill. There's no extra charge for it. Almost everyone said, sign me up. What do you need from me? They took the email, they signed it up and I got my service fee because I raised all their weekly prices. It sounds like you're kind of, it's kind of scandalous, but you know what? I got to eat too. Right. Very simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't, I mean, they're all about the idea. They wanted the convenience of paying online. They wanted the convenience of, um, you know, having it very simple for them. It's right there in their inbox and they don't have to get it in the mail. And then, you know, it takes three days to get to them. And then they get it. They throw it on the dash of their car. They take it inside, sit down. They forget about it. And so now they just, they get the email, they click it, they pay it from, do it from their phone or their computer or whatever. The best part about it is my system is automatically set up because my invoices are net 10 days. So it emails them the invoice, right? Right. On that ninth day, they get another email automatically from my system that says, just a reminder, your invoice is due tomorrow. It's the 10th day. It's due by tomorrow at 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. midnight. And so it sent, it emails them a reminder automatically if they haven't paid it yet. On the 10th day, they get another one automatic from the system. I have nothing to do with it. I set it up that way. Right. But says, please don't forget your invoice is due today. If they don't pay it, the 11th day they get an invoice. First thing in the morning, it says, your invoice is now one day late to avoid interruption in service. Please pay immediately. And every time any one of them gets that, they send me a text where I'm so sorry, Randy, I forgot I'm paying it right now. And I tell them, I know, I already got the alert. You just paid it. Or you'll get that occasional customer who says, I never received your invoice, but I got a reminder to pay it. Well, my system can't send you a reminder if it didn't send you an invoice. Oh, I never got it. I'm like, please hold on a second. And I pull up, I pull it right up on my phone. I go on and I look and I say, I sent it out on the first. You opened it on the third at 2.47 p.m. What? Yeah, my system tells me when you open the email. Oh, oh, I must open it and forgot. Yeah, sure you did. Pay the bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's 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 so nice. The system does so much for you. And that's the free version of Yardbook. I have the paid version. I think it's like 30 bucks a month. But when you do the paid version, Yardbook no longer charges you that service fee for each invoice you send out. It's like 2% or whatever it is. So if you're sending out enough invoices every month, that 30 bucks is nothing. You pay 70 in service fees throughout all them invoices. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. It's I well, I use QuickBooks. Uh, I've been using that for a little bit. I really like it. And I just implemented uh, Lawn Pro not too long ago. Uh, and Lawn Pro is like free. And uh, I don't use a lot of the stuff they have on there. At the beginning, not the beginning, but – during the middle of summer, I picked up a little like time tracking thing. Whenever I was, uh, I had like a, 
bunch of people running around weed eating for me all over. And everybody's like, well, I worked four hours. I worked six hours. I said, Hey, if you don't, if you don't punch in on this app and then punch out, you ain't getting paid. And I, I right. paid, I paid 10 bucks a month for that. And, uh, I reminds me, I need to cancel that cause I got rid of that job. But, uh, that was so that, that 10 bucks was the best 10 bucks I ever spent. It saved me so much money. And there was a time one dude got paid. He got pissed. I was like, look, what's your only responsibility is a weedy and then punch in and punch out. If you were at Midwest right now, what would you have to do? It's a local factory. What would you have to do right now? He's like, well, I'd have to put, I'm like, well, Hey, you know, I'm gonna pay you what I think you worked this week. And next time, if you don't hit, you got your phone in your pocket, you playing on it all day. I bitch at you all day long for staying around your phone. I'm like, please. I'm not making much on I'm not making much here, bud. Help me out. Here. Right. And that was, uh, I like them serve the, them simple CRMs and, and a lot of them like the paid version versus like free versions, like long pro work. Like I said, like work for me. Good. QuickBooks works for me. Good. I like when you're talking about them reminders, I sent one out today. Uh, and like, I got like one that's like net 30, but like they'll have like four of them in a row that's late. So like, instead of like doing it automatically, you could, but I like to just send them myself. I sent, I sent her four in a row. So like, I know as soon as she opens her email tomorrow, she's going to have four alerts from me right in a row. And I just, yeah. you know, I, I like it a lot. It's getting so easy to collect, collect payments. And I'm, I got to move everybody over. Like it's only pretty much uh mostly like commercial accounts or people who own businesses i'm trying to next season i'm gonna push everybody i'm gonna try my best to push out it's so it's so convenient it was the best thing i ever did because i have like i said i when i went back solo i mean this was billy's first season working for me last year he came on halfway through the season but in since covid and school was out i've had him since the first day of the season are they you know, the year yeah, the year before, I didn't get him till the end of June when he was done with school for the year. So this year, I had him from April 1st right on. So he was with me the whole season this year. And uh, like right now, they do online learning where they're on the computer on Mondays. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, they're at school and they're off Thursday and Friday. It's stupid. But anyway, I call it the election infection. But anyway, so it um, so it's it's really weird because when I have him helping me now, but when I first went back solo, it was just me. So I needed to cram as much as I could, like I said, in those hours I allowed myself to work that day or each individual day. So I need to take as much off my plate as possible. And I found that I was forgetting the send reminders like, Hey, you need to pay your bill or I'm going to stop service. And it would be the end of the month and I'd go to send out invoicing and I'd see 15 people that never paid the month before. I'm like, man, how did I miss this? And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So that's when I found the service and I push over. Like I said, I screwed up at first when I tried forwarding that charge over onto them. But then when I found a way around, it just raised each one of their prices and say, and then I sent them an email and say, Hey, you know, I, cause see, that was, that was the other good thing. And that's what, I've tried to explain to a lot of people, and here's another thing that Keith Kelfis had told me, um, and is that when you allow your customers, like I know there's a lot of guys that accept only cash and they're trying to fly under the radar, and that's great. Trust me, I'm, I'm all for sticking it to the government, okay? But it's, you know, you're only going to get away with it for so long. Right. So the best thing that you can do is find ways to still do it legitimately but make enough, make the money you want to be making. 
when you offer your customers a way to pay with a credit card, their mind and their morals go the other way. That's what I've learned because you go to somebody and you tell them, I'm going to trim all these hedges, I'm going to add all these flower beds, and I'm going to fill them all with mulch, and it's going to be beautiful, pretty, and everybody in your family is going to think you're a millionaire with this multi-million dollar company doing work for you. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. Oh, man, 2200 bucks. I don't know. That's kind of, I accept credit cards. When can you do it? <laughs> you know, I don't care if I don't care if they go into debt on their credit card. That's not my business. Okay, I didn't make that decision for them, but I will more than gladly take your credit card. Right. You know what I mean? That's not my problem. If you don't know how to budget your money and you're going to overspend or live outside your means, but people will pay. So the way that I did it that year when I raised their prices was, you know. I kind of included all that together. I included the raise that I was increasing the cost of their weekly mowing, but also at the same time, you, you tell them about you're accepting credit card or debit card payments and there's no charge to you. Other, you know, it's just your invoice. So now they're not so worried about that $5 increase because they feel in their mind, they don't have to come up with it and cash it every week or every month or however you invoice. They're like, oh, I'll just put it on my credit card. I know. So, so they're much, it's, it's all a mental thing. And it's, it's not even really a financial thing at that point. And it's not even a principal thing at that point. Like, oh my goodness, he raised me $5. Why would he do that to me? I give him a bottle of water every week. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a mental thing is what it is. And people are much more likely. And, and I'm the same way. If I go to the store, I almost never carry cash on me. I just don't. And if I go to the store and I have $200 cash in my pocket, I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to break that $100 bill. Right. But I'll pull out my credit card and be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, Milwaukee has a new impact. I got to have it. Swoop. You know, but, and, and that's how people think. And it's just the way that their minds work. And they're thinking, oh, $5 increase. I don't know. Oh, he accepts credit cards? Ah, screw it. He's worth it. He does a good job. He's always here when he says he's going to be here. You know, he never leaves my lawn looking like crap, blah, blah, blah. So you got to find ways to combine the two. And you you start accepting credit cards and you will see. People will sign on for – I've had customers that would never, ever have me do their landscaping. I don't know. I'm not going to mulch this year or this or that. They don't want to spend the money. Once I got them on board with now, I now take credit cards. They had me do their mulch every year. They've had me install new flower beds. They, you know, some of them have gone to, can I just pay you for the whole season in advance? How many weeks are in a season? You know, and they pay for the whole mowing season. They want to pay for it in advance. This here, just put it on the card. Right. And then they work right. about paying the card off throughout the summer as they feel they want to pay it off. Not when the bill is due. You know yeah. what I mean? It changes people's entire mindset and it opens up all new doors once you start accepting credit cards. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And a, and a guy that I know, it's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like a, a coach or a mentor. There's that This is a topic I want to talk to you about too, real quick. Um, but he told me that he runs an HVAC company. And when he started to allow like financing, like not through him, but he works with whoever let's just say some bank or whatever they offer financing and that's when his business his small business took off to where you know he'd go in there and be like hey you need a new furnace you need this this and this like, i don't know but 
or you can apply, you can apply for financing through this bank right here that we work with and you can have it right now. We can start today. And it's like that took his company and just made it blow up. Just blow there's, up. I've heard of a lot of companies doing that and with HVAC and there's a buddy of mine that practically runs. He's like the lead guy for one of the largest companies in our area. And they always advertise, you know, uh, furnace installs, you know, get it now pay later kind of thing and and the one day i asked him i'm like what the hell is that all about like you get it now pay it later i'm like you just i i know you don't just take these people for their word or they'll pay later and he told me he's like no he goes they apply through the finance through the bank they get approved the bank pays me directly i get paid right off the bat he said job's done i'm paid he goes but they're responsible for those payments it's like taking out a car loan i was like really I go, that's pretty genius. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's, it's awesome. He goes, and the bank doesn't even charge us much to do it because they're getting the business. Yeah. I imagine landscapers start doing that. You, can, you ain't going to have to worry about arguing for your $2,500 mulch, huge mulch install. Your agent, no, not going to be no arguing. It's a matter of time for people to start really implementing that. But what do you think about like coaching and mentor? There's a lot of these fake bullshit gurus out there. I'm not really talking about that, but like, for the newer guys who are in business and people who don't have a lot of like a business background or like even struggle with confidence, what do you think about coaching and mentors? You think it's like a big benefit or you just kind of like fucking fall on your face and you got to, I don't know. There's, there's no easy answer. I understand that. Where do you think? I think it, I think it comes down to the person, the situation I get, I get people all the time that will send me messages and be like, what do you think about this? Or could you give me a pointer on this? And, if I have the time, I'll sit there and shoot the shit with them. And it, it's funny because a lot of them, I've heard this so many times, they're like, you know, a lot of the other bigger channels, and, and I still don't see this. I, people call me at all the time. They call me a bigger channel, and I just don't see it. I never have. Like, the bigger channels, I mean, I see, like, Brian Fullerton, I think he's – him and Stan Genetic are two of the biggest. I don't watch Stan. not a fan of Stan. Um, I probably never will be. Um, Brian Fullerton, I like him. He's a good dude. Um, but I, when I think a bigger channel right off the bat, I think Brian Shane, he's always been one of the biggest channels for me. And I know there are people that have more subs than him, but he's Brian Shane is in a whole different realm than all these other channels that are bigger. He's a whole different person. I know him personally, we stay in the same house for GIE. Like he's, he's very, very good personal friend of mine. So I, he's different. So like, I think of that when they say bigger channel thing to me, but the point is, is people said to me, you know, I've contacted some of these other bigger channels and they never answer back. And I'm like, listen, I don't, you and I put our pants on in the same way. If you have a hundred subs and I have 15,000 subs, that don't make me any better than you or you better than me. We put our pants on the same way in the morning. You know what I mean? It, it's that simple. And that's just the way I've been raised. And that that's just how I am. So I'm always eager but if I don't have the time, I will at least almost always respond to them right away. And if not right away, within an hour, I'll send them a link to a video that I made that has the answer they're looking for. I'm always here. And I've said that in so many videos. I said, my main thing with YouTube is entertainment. We have fun doing it. But I always want to help people. I, I think that if you're getting into lawn care nowadays or you're just your first season bagging leaves and you don't know what the hell you're going to do with these customers with all these leaves, I think if there's 
any aspect of the lawn care industry. There is between all the different forums on Facebook and all the different lawn care channels and all the different videos by all these channels. If you can't find the answer you're looking for, you're not trying hard enough. There's more information and video proof and just blogs, vlogs, whatever. There's more info out there than there is ever been. And it's so, the market is so saturated. You should be able to find answers to everything. When I started, like I said, there was Greg, there was a couple guys and nobody really made that much on how to do this or, you know, and if anything, it was like how to mow stripes, you know, it was, or how to mulch up leaves without a bagger or something, you know, nothing was about running the business or anything. So, you know, when I have the time and, and I've talked to Brian about this a couple of times, I, I told him like during the winter when we're slow, I'm like, we should just start like a weekly, you know, weekly blog or whatever. We'll do like a live where it's the two of us on there. And, yeah. you know, people can like, people can like message us to like, just ask anything they want. And instead of like you and me interviewing each other or being on there talking, um, it'll just be nothing but questions that'll come up and they'll say, this is for Randy or this is for Brian or this for both of you. Here's my situation. What would you do? And we'll have like a one hour or two hour video. We'll do it one day a week and people can ask anything they want and it won't be anything about us. It'll just be about them and anybody that comments, what do you want to know? And just do it like to help people out. Yeah, that's, that's a guy. That's kind of like a podcast right there that, that you guys can, cause there's a lot of like simple I don't know where it went. I lost, I lost it. Sorry about that. But there's like a lot of simple channels out there. That's what I want to, I, I want to catch myself from, from being like, I want to be able to help people when we talk about like coaching and different things, like from, from me documenting my little journey. Cause like you said before, everybody's got their own voice. Everybody's got their own story and everybody learns at different rates, different ways. You, I, I might be able to show something that you've never done or st just on dumb luck, stumble upon something that can help people. That's why, uh, I love I love the the information that's out there that can that can truly truly really help like people you can really really help people out there today like and it's just amazing I'd like I'd like to get in touch with Brian Shane. I I wanted to go out to uh I wanted to go out and do a podcast with him earlier in the spring before all the they were shutting down airlines I was going to go see Ben and KH and I just I, I don't know so I'm gonna have to get back and get back in touch with him i loved his videos i ain't, i ain't got to see i ain't got to see much of him in a, i haven't watched any videos in a long time it seems like yeah i haven't there's i'm so behind there's so many that i haven't watched of channels i normally follow and uh but they that's the thing there are a lot of channels out there saying you know, i just want to help people out there's not nearly as many anymore because i think it was that was the niche that was a, the cliche so to speak everybody thought that you know that's the thing that's what all the bigger channels are doing they they just keep saying they just want to help people out and this and that you know so that's all we got to say in our channel and people people subscribe to us too and they'll come and look for info and then a lot of these channels weren't really helping anybody out it's more of a look at me look at me kind of channel i like you know this is what i have or this what you should buy this or that and then there's those of us that have like seriously gone out of our way to help people and, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many videos I started out and said, somebody asked for a video on this and this may seem stupid or monotonous to some of you or just, you know, very amateur, very low key. And if that's the case, you know, then you might want to click off this video now. But for those of you I know, here it is. I, and, and it's always the weirdest videos. It'll be 
your the video that will blow up for you will be the one that you never thought would like. I think I have a video that's around a hundred thousand views. It grows every single fall, every fall and every um, mid like beginning of winter. This video gets thousand views right off the bat, and all it is is like a quick little little five minute video on what each one of the solenoids do on a Myers E forty seven. I, I I just watched well not just I I remember I watched that not too long because I have the E4 that's the same setup I have and I was like how do I how do I drain the uh, hydro uh, like what do these solenoids do like how does all this work and then and yeah I've yep. watched that and big- it's because I ran into problems like two in the morning and my plow got stuck and it would go up down and left and it wouldn't go right. And I, I couldn't for the life of me, and it wouldn't go right. And I was doing a park lot where everything had to be wind rolled to the right, of course. Right. And it was like two in the morning, and I was scanning for everything I could. And I found one tiny little picture diagram that some guy uploaded somewhere on the internet, and it popped up on there, and it had an arrow, and it pointed to each, each one what it did. And I'm like, okay, that's the one I need to change then. Because I had spares because when I bought the truck off a guy that in the plow was with it, he gave me spare solenoids. And he said, here, you're going to need these eventually if you run this thing for any length of time. And I ran, I think, for a full season. It was fine. It was the beginning of the next season when that happened. And so I got it home. I ran that sucker up on a snowbank, and I brought the chain up higher, and I backed off the snowbank so it would stay up there. That's what it was. It, It wouldn't go right, and it wouldn't. It, it would go down, but it wouldn't come back up. So it wouldn't go right and it wouldn't come up. So that's what I did. And I got it back home and I found that picture and I changed it out and I was right back out plowing. But I was like, there needs to be a freaking video on this. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I made that video. And like I said, I, I made that video years ago. I haven't had that plow in years. And ever since then, every single year, I'll see a comment pop up. You'll say, thank you for making this. You just saved my ass. This and that. I'm like, what? that and I look like oh my god people are still watching that and every fall and every beginning of winter that video pops up again starts getting more and more views I and, and as we come kind of to, to the end of it I seen your uh when I was going back to your old videos a real quick are, are you still you still got the old 40 was it 1947 or 1964 tractor all them old tractors you restored you still doing that yep. Yeah, I still have them. I haven't messed with anyone in a long time, but I still have them. I move them around now when they get in my way. <laughs> yeah, they look really good. And for anybody out there that, like, thinks that you just got to have a, a brand-new right ZK to start out with and all this fancy glitz and glamour, like, I was looking at I was looking at the, the, the John Deere riding tractor bagger that you had, a uh, couple walk-behinds, and you can – Belt drive, too. My first walk-behind was a Skag belt drive. Uh, you don't have to have all the fancy glitz and the, all the fancy stuff that you think you have to have. Uh, and real quick, when we hang up, I want, uh, if you want to share it, a uh, couple of your most painful moments, a couple of your most successful moments and, and, and of time to make, maybe that you felt unstoppable that like you knew th- this is my calling. Well, I'll tell you, as far as the most painful was those couple times when, I'd say the most painful and it wasn't even painful as it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt me monetarily right off the bat. It was a little while after, and I've made videos on this and it was about, um, 
I was, I was willing to do anything I could when I first started off to get customers like anybody does. And there are some things you can do that are free or next to free that'll really help you out. But I made the mistake of going around and putting flyers that I printed out on my, on my computer, my printer at home. I made these flyers and uh, they were just plain Jane looking. They looked very amateur. And I drove up and down these streets at night and I stuck them in mailboxes in between the flag and the mailbox. And I didn't know, like I said, the information wasn't out there. And I've said this in a bunch of videos, so people should already know this. And I've made videos specifically on marketing and I've like hit this point very hard. It is freaking illegal. Don't do it. Don't be that cheap ass and do it. It's very illegal. Here's the part where it hurt me and it hurt me. It hurt my pride. I felt like an idiot. I felt like that freaking big. I just felt like the biggest piece of crap is the, the a sheriff and the postmaster came to my door and they had a stack of them in their hand. And they said, listen, people called in. You cannot do this. We can fine you per flyer and then give you an overall fine. And it was something like $500 per flyer something is what they could find me if they wanted to. And he said, we're guessing you didn't know. Don't do it again. And it was because one person called in on me. And I said, okay, that's fine. That's not where the pain came in. The pain came in the following summer when this guy called me up. And that summer, it was that spring when I got that award from the business association. It was the next year. The guy called me up because he saw that thing. And I went up and I gave him an estimate on his lawn. And I got there. He said, you know what? I saw your flyer last year. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He goes, and I knew right away I wasn't going to hire you. I didn't care how good you were. I wasn't going to hire you. And I said, well, you, you mind if I ask why? I said, I said, before I go any further, I just want you to know that I did not know that it was illegal to do, if that's what you're about to say. I said, I found out afterwards. He said, no. He goes, I saw what you did, and I knew you were a new company starting off, but I figured if you went that cheap and you skipped corners and went that route, what else would you skip corners on, and how would you treat my lawn? I had no answer for him. What was I going to say? He was 100% right. No matter how bad I didn't want to see it, no matter how much I did not want to admit to it, he was 100% right. I felt that big. I felt like that guy could say, I want you to mow my lawn for $3 a week. You're going to do it. I'm going to pay you at the end of the summer. And I felt like I would have done it. Cause I just felt like this guy had me yeah. and there was nothing yeah. I could do. It crushed my pride. It beat me down in it. It was like a real hearing that from that guy just killed me. And now, and I have friends that still do it to this day. They put out flyers. I'm like, don't freaking do that. Like it drives me crazy. Cause I know whether they get in trouble legally or not, I know what people think when they see that. And I'm like, you have no idea the long-term effects this is going to have on you. That guy would have hired me last year. I still have him to this day, by the way. One of the best customers I've ever had. The guy throws money at me like it's water. He don't care what anything costs. Just do it, Randy. I don't care. Just do it. Just bill me. Just charge the card that's on file. I don't care, Randy. Right. You know, coolest guy. Right. But I almost never had a shot with this guy. If he hadn't seen it the following year with the, the award I got, he would have never, probably never called me. But um, so that, that was probably the most painful experience I've ever had in lawn care. And probably... The, the best one was at one point, and this was about two years ago, I've since, it's since gone down, I had a waiting list. That's when I thought I was king shit. And, it, and I did for a short period of time, and I had to back myself off and remind myself, but I had a waiting list because people would come out and they'd say, can you give me a price and mow my lawn? And I say, 
now I've said to a few of them, I'm like, you have a lawn service. I've seen them over there mowing and they say, yeah, but my lawn doesn't look like that lawn. And it'd be one that I was mowing. And I tell them like, listen, I'm jam packed and I just don't have room right now. And at one time I had 31 people was the highest. I had 31 people on my waiting list. And they told me, we don't care when it is. It could be the middle of summer. If you get an opening, we'll drop the guy we have now and take you on. That's awesome. And I thought, I thought I was king shit, man. And I thought, and I'm like, nothing can stop me. I can take over every company around here. Like I thought I was the king, the king of the world, man. And I, uh, I had to quickly rebuy my, put myself in check, so to speak. I'm like, slow it down there, Turbo, slow it down. You know, and you, you could lose it all in one day if you make the wrong move. And, but, you know, like I said, I, I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm there when I say, even if I'm, I get done mowing at the end of the day and I'm like, I told that lady to come back and trim them hedges today. I'm like, God, I don't want to freaking do this right now. I'm so exhausted. And I get in my truck and I drive my ass over there and I do it anyway. And I do it with a damn smile because I told them I would, and I'm huge on that. So it, it, between those things and, you know, the attention to detail, like the edging of sidewalks and driveways that nobody seems to do, between that stuff, it, it's just all worked for me. I haven't done anything that, I haven't done anything that nobody else could do. That's the, the, the small details goes, goes a long way. Well, I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you taking the time. We've had a long, long conversation coming up about two hours probably, uh, I'm glad you made it work. I definitely appreciate it. We'll, have, we'll let uh, we'll let Mike Gunn bring us out, uh, and uh, we'll see you guys. Hey, hit the uh, go to go to, go to Countryside Vlogs and uh, subscribe to his channel if you haven't already. And I'm sure you, you'll be you'll be starting a podcast before too long. Thanks, brother. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Later, guys. All right.